Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the official first day of summer. Wow, time is going so quickly. I feel like we just had the winter holidays and spring break, and now school is out, and here we are in the full throes of a Sacramento summer. If you have not spent a summer in Sacramento, well, it's hot. Um, A little too hot for me. I try to get to the coast as often as I can, but I know for some folks it's perfect. It is hot and dry, so no humidity, which is nice. All right, why are we talking about weather? Well, we're talking about weather because dress code issues come up a lot in warm weather. So obviously, no matter where you work, you have some expectations about what people should be wearing, right? Even if you run, you know, a gentleman's club or a yoga studio or a fitness center where people may be wearing fewer clothes than they do at an office, you're still thinking about what you want your employees to be wearing. And Sometimes there's a theme, like if you're a Disneyland fanatic like I am, I love it that when I go to the Tom Sawyer canoe ride, they're all dressed like Davy Crockett. And when I go to Star Tours, they're all dressed in a very sort of intergalactic costume. So there may be a theme to what you want people to wear, or it may just be practical, all right? And one of the things that comes up for us in our law firm when people interview with us is, well, what's the dress code? And I'm sitting here today recording this podcast in flip-flops and a pair of jeans and a comfy t-shirt. And because we're not in the courtroom every day, we tend to have a pretty relaxed dress code. Even so, I have had to remind people, hey, wearing jeans doesn't mean you wear jeans with holes all over them, like that you would wear, for example, when you're cleaning out the garage. Or when I say where you can wear comfortable clothing, that doesn't mean you wear your sports bra with no t-shirt and leggings without appropriate undergarments. We are in an office, right? I think a lot of employers have struggled with this issue of dress codes, and we don't even call them dress codes anymore, right? Well, this is our business casual expectation or When you work here, we'll give you a couple of t-shirts with our name on them. Remember that there are wage and hour issues that come up with what people wear, right? If you require someone, for example, to wear blue pants, and you tell them, I want you to wear blue khaki-style pants, you're going to have to provide those. When you require a specific design or, um, or material or item, you may have to provide those to your employees. But one of the things that can be very challenging is in the summer when it can be hot and people are often planning things right after work because it's light later, right? So they have a chance to go ahead and plan activities that are going to happen right after they get off work. They will often think, well, I'm just going to save time and wear my shorts and my tank top to the office because we're going to go out to the river after. And so that just makes sense. And unfortunately, many of us who run businesses 
are harder on the women in our organizations, the folks who dress in a feminine style, than we are the rest of the folks. So we often have rules or dress codes for folks who are dressing in tank tops or you know sundresses with little straps or strapless shirts. We often don't think about, okay, well, the guys in the office are wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Do we care if they wear a tank top? And this might seem so crazy to you, but I cannot tell you how many clients I've had recently where employees are really pushing the envelope. They are used to working at home, many of them, and then when they come to work for their one day a week or their one day a month or whatever their hybrid schedule is, they're wearing their pajamas, essentially, big sweatpants and a holy t-shirt and their slippers. Do you have a right as the employer to say, hey, you know what? I need you to dress up a bit. You know, could we not have holy jeans? Could we not have yoga stretch pants? Could we not have running bras? Could you not go shirtless, um, guy, when you're loading the truck? Okay, you, you got to at least have something covering the top part of your body. Yes, you can do that. You have every right to dictate what you want your employees to wear when they are working. Now, as I said, if you go too far in terms of a distinctive design or style or color, you may be forced to pay for those items, right? So either provide them to the employee or reimburse them when they buy them. But you can certainly have rules such as, you know, no short shorts, no tank tops, no spaghetti straps, um, you know, your midriff must be covered. And we work with financial institutions who say, you got to be covered to your elbow, right? And people complain about it like crazy, but they're allowed to do it. You're allowed to say, look, you know, you can't have your upper arms bare. You can't have too much cleavage. You can't have, you know, flip-flops. You have, you know, you work in a manufacturing facility. You got to have closed-toed shoes or even steel-toed boots. Now, one of the things I want you to think about from an HR perspective is how to rein in folks in your organization, leaders in your organization who might be going too far. Some of you might remember years ago, the Sacramento District Attorney's Office got in a bit of trouble because one of their lawyers was coming to work in some pretty short skirts. It was a suit, but it was a very short skirt. And so they started making this particular attorney turn around in front of them before she went to court so they could measure the length of her skirt. That didn't go over very well for a lot of different reasons. And I don't even know who was making the decision. I'm not blaming anybody. I wasn't involved in it. I just read it in the paper. But what's interesting to me is they were enforcing a rule that was very rigid. Your skirt cannot be more than one inch above your knee. And then they decided they were going to measure that distance to make sure that this particular employee was complying. These days, not a great idea. So I want you to think about when a leader comes to you and says, I want to have this new dress code, or I want to have this new dress requirement, or I don't want to allow people to do X or Y. 
I want you to think about, okay, does it make sense first of all? Is it a rule that makes sense? Um, when my daughter, she's in middle school right now. Well, actually she's out of seventh grade. Thank heavens. What a nightmare seventh grade was. So glad to have that year behind us. So she'll be going to eighth grade next year. But she started picking out her own clothes. And we had a lot of discussions about, well, how low can your jeans be? How short can your shirts be? What shoes do you need to wear? She goes to a Waldorf school, so she's outside a lot. So no, you can't wear flip-flops. They're rattlesnakes on the campus. you got to have closed-toed shoes, right? And she's been very flexible. She's done a great job. But it's interesting to me. I'll drive up, and I'll see kids dressed a certain way, and I'll think, wow. I mean, I don't know that I would let Ella wear that to school. And the school doesn't even have a dress code policy. Their only thing they don't want is have any kind of advertising or commercial images on a shirt, for example, or a hat. Otherwise, they want the children to be able to express their individuality. Well, I get it. I respect that. But I've had to adjust my ideas of what I wore in school, you know, so many years ago, 50 some odd years ago. Um to really think about, okay, what is appropriate? That term in and of itself is very risky. What do we mean by appropriate? Who determines what is appropriate? Do we apply the same standards to everybody in the workplace, regardless of their gender identity, regardless of their sex? So these dress code issues can get you in a lot of trouble if you're not careful. So as an HR professional, I want you to think about the best way for you to provide guidance and best practices to your internal clients, or if you're an HR consultant or an employment lawyer, to your external clients, right? Think about, number one, what makes sense? You may have different requirements for different people in the organization because their jobs require that they do different things. And again, we talk about this a lot. It's fine to have a different rule for two groups. The key is that you have a rule that makes sense, a rule that is based on what their job functions are. Are they going to meet the public? Are they going to be in a back room all day? Those kinds of things can certainly make a difference. The other thing to think about is how you're going to enforce the rule. Are you going to measure somebody's skirt length? Probably not a great idea. How are you going to decide what is appropriate? So I'll never forget this call I had from an HR person at one of our clients several years ago. I picked up the phone and she whispers in the phone, Jen, it's me. I said, oh, hi, what's going on? Well, we have an employee today, our receptionist. She's wearing a white t-shirt and white pants. I said, okay. And she has nothing on underneath. I said, well, how do you know? She said, I can see everything said, all right, so what are you going to do? I don't know. I'm hiding in my office because I'm not sure what to say, so I wanted to call you. I get it. It feels weird to say to someone, hey, you're not wearing appropriate undergarments. You've got to go home and change your clothes. But you got to. You got to do it, right? Because you can't have her wandering around the office all day with everybody staring at her. So we talked about how she could do it and some talking points, and we decided, okay, we're going to have a discussion with her. The employee was really upset because she said, this is how I express myself. I don't like to wear undergarments because I feel like they're too binding. Okay, I get that. 
but we work in an architectural firm. You're the receptionist. You're the first person at the front door. You're going to have to dress a little more professionally. You're going to have to wear undergarments. By the way, the white pants and the white shirt wouldn't have been a problem at all if she had worn something underneath. So it was not a fun conversation. The employee was not happy, but the HR person had to do that. So I want you to think about how you're going to enforce the policy. The other thing you've got to do is be willing to change the rules. Our expectations change. My grandmother, who passed away, gosh, almost 20 years ago when she was 93, um, she would never, ever go anywhere in pants. She occasionally would wear pants to clean around the house or to work in her garden. But if she ever went out, you would never catch her in a pair of pants. Always a dress. Well, I don't remember the last time I wore a dress, right? So things change, times change, expectations change. So you've got to be flexible. And it's a real benefit to your internal and external clients when you can help them sort this out. Not having an emotional reaction to what somebody is wearing, right? The first thing I thought of when Ella came out with this sort of bare midriff and jean outfit was, people are gonna be staring at you. You look like you're 18 years old. This isn't good, like you're in seventh grade. I, I don't want you to get unwanted attention, right? But we had to come up with a compromise because that was my emotional reaction. And there are a lot of personal viewpoints about this, folks, and I know that. And I'm not pretending here like I've got all the answers. Quite the contrary, I don't. What we need to do, though, is talk to each other, communicate, figure out what makes sense. Does it really matter if somebody comes in wearing sweatpants and a T-shirt and their flip-flops if they're in the back of the office? Well, studies from 10 years ago said uh, that when employers allow people to dress casually, there's more inappropriate conduct. People are less efficient. People are less productive. I don't know if that's still the case. You have to judge that for yourselves. But there were several studies that had those findings. Think about what makes sense for your organization. Communicate it and then fairly enforce it. That's your role in HR every time, right? Come up with ideas. Collaborate to find the best solution for your organization. And then don't be afraid to be the person who has to put the hammer down, right? And say, look, that's just not how we do it here. Not saying it's easy, but as we all know, in HR, the job is not always easy. It's tough. There are challenges. And dress codes are certainly one of them. Thank you all for joining us, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.